You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is titled, How Important is Church Membership? by Joe Kime and is part one of four. We talked about uh, church membership. Is it scriptural? Is membership, church membership, scriptural? The answer, okay, go ahead, Anna. Okay, okay, that's a scripture we're going to look at today. And someone that says, well, I don't really, I can be saved and I don't really have to be a member of a local church, is like a bee without a beehive. You know, really think about that. There goes a bee and he don't have no beehive. Well, he floats around, he goes to this one a little bit, and he goes here. You know what happens to, to bees like that? They end up doing what? Dying. They can't survive without the beehive. And you and I cannot survive unless we're a part of a membership of a local church. And so we're going to talk about that today. But what are the requirements for church membership? Is it promising that you're going to obey uh, an ordinance letter? Absolutely not. It has nothing to do with it. There's only two commands in the whole Bible that are requirements for church membership. Only two. And the first one that we're going to look at today is... Membership requirements, then we're going to look at membership responsibility. Now, isn't it true that when someone becomes married, there's some extra responsibilities that automatically go along with marriage, right? Things you hadn't had to worry about before, all of a sudden, you have to worry about it. You now have a wife, and then you'll have children. So there's responsibility that comes with that. And then we have membership privileges. Only the membership is allowed to do certain things and do uh, and make certain decisions in the local church. If you're not a member of this church, you're welcome to come. But when we have a meeting or we have big decisions to make, only the membership can decide whether we go with it, okay? Now, requirement number one. You should know this. What do you think is requirement number one, God's requirement for you to be a member of the local church? Being saved? Yes! (laughs) Repent. Be saved, right? Repent. You must be part of His family. How, what good would it do you to be a member of a church and not even belong to the family of God? Would you like to have those in the membership? Someone that's not saved? No, I wouldn't want that. 
We're not to be unequally yoked. That's what the Bible says. Don't be unequally yoked. It's important that whoever becomes a part of Mount Gilead Christian Church membership is first a part of God's family. John chapter 1 verse 12. Let's turn there. To belong to God's family, a person has to do what? Okay, we're going to go one step at a time here. But John chapter 1 verse number 12 brings out some powerful truth to us. Uh, when you get there, I'd like for somebody to just shout that verse out. John chapter 1, verse number 12. But as many as received him to them, gave he called to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. There is a key word in this whole verse. What do you think is the key word? Received. You know what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 11? It says, He that hath the Son has what? Life. But he that has not the Son of God hath not everlasting life. And here we see, but as many as received. You can believe everything about that scripture you want to, but that does not make you receive Christ, and then with Christ you get eternal life. You have to see it and receive it. How do you receive it? How does a person receive Jesus Christ? Repent. By asking. Simply, huh? You reach out and, and receive it. Right. Just you don't have to receive it. Being saved. Being saved. Now, go with me to Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. You know this verse, but let's just read it again so that we are reminded. Romans chapter 10. And let's look at verse number uh, 9 and 10. It says this, that if, now here's the condition, if thou believest, or, or if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, if you do that, thou might be saved. Is that what it says? Shall be saved. Now who's saying this? Who's behind this? Paul, but he's being driven and inspired by who? The Holy Spirit of God. Then we keep going here. Verse number 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You see, and I've said this before, and you've probably heard this, but I'll say it again. You can believe all about your mate that you want to. You can date your mate and, 
and go steady for two years and, and you get to get to learn more and more and more about her. But if that's all you ever do, she'll never become your wife, will she? You can date her for ten years. You can even act like you're married. You can act like she's your wife. You can act like he's your husband. But if you never do what, she won't become your wife. What is it you have to do? You have to get married. And when someone gets married, they have to do what? What marries, what makes two people become one? Commitment. We sound it out, right? With, with our mouths, we make a vow, don't we? And that vow is so powerful that it will take two people, God says, and make them one. And now what was sin is okay. Things that you could not do before or else God would have judged you, now you can do. He says it's completely okay just by the power of that vow. And salvation is so much so like two people coming together and getting married. Ephesians chapter number 5. So clear. Now, that is exactly how salvation works. We can learn about Jesus and we can talk about Him and we can go to church all of our lives, but if it's all we ever do is talk about Him and learn about Him and we never make that vow, He does not become your personal Savior. You have to open up your heart store and receive Him as your only way to heaven. As the only way that your sins can be forgiven. Okay? Now, let's keep going. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm probably spending too much time here, but in, we need to understand this. That is the difference between head knowledge and heart acceptance. If I ask you, do you know the... Do you know uh, um, George Washington? You say, okay, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was the first president of the United States 200 years ago. But have you met him? No, I've never met him. I just know about him. Do you believe in George Washington the same way you believe in Jesus Christ? No, you don't. With George Washington, you believe with your mind, your, your, it's head knowledge. With Jesus Christ, you first believe with head knowledge, and then you take the next step and you receive him as your Savior. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 18. Somebody can read that. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an incivil? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out 
from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You know what? When you become the family of God, you become his sons and his daughters. You take on his name. You, took, you take on his uh, personality or his emotions, his thinking, his everything. You take on him because you belong to his family. Now, what, what fellowship do you have with an unbeliever? There is no fellowship between the believer and the unbeliever. There, there's no real fellowship there. How can you bring one who is an unbeliever and make him a member of this body? You can't. He does not belong here. And now let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at another verse. Ephesians chapter number 5. And we're going to look at verse 29 and 32. God dwells in us. We're the temple of the living God. This is what we just read. He dwells in us and in your body. Matter of fact, uh, not only does he, become, does he come to live in you, but as we will see in these scriptures, that we become part of uh, his flesh, or, or he becomes part of our flesh and our bones and our body. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 29. And through 32. Somebody can read that. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. Do you see how he brings marriage and the body of Christ together? It's, it's so much... You, why does God hate divorce? Because it is a picture of his church. And it's a physical picture of the spiritual church. And when the physical picture gets ruined and destroyed... It really says something horrible about the spiritual picture of Christ and his body, the church. We become part of his, his body. We're members of his body, verse number 30, and of his flesh and of his bones. This is a great mystery. This is a mystery. But yet it's true because God said so. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.